I realized over time and with my repeat clients who love my work, you know, I'd come back and I'd talk to them and say, hey, next time you're going to build a product, why don't we get together a little bit earlier? Because I, I had this feeling that if I could just get in there and talk to them about it, maybe help them build their product, uh, that we would have a much easier time in the end selling it targeting those to the right kind of customer. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Welcome listeners. Today we have Carrie Carr joining us and she's going to be breaking down how to create great emails and how to create messaging that really converts, especially if you are someone who is thinking about or building a course. This episode is for you. And most importantly, she helps you create messages that get your audience to take action. And that's what we all want, right? So while other girls were dreaming of being ballerinas, or veterinarians, Carrie wanted to work in politics, and she did. That little girl grew up to work in the halls of Congress and around the world, working for two U.S. senators, a cabinet member, and going on to building political coalitions in Washington, D.C., the Caribbean, and Europe. But after 16 years in politics, she decided her powers of persuasion could be better put to use where it could really make a difference in the emerging world of online education. Carrie has written for industry leaders like James Shrampko and Alan Dibb and has trained with some of the greatest living copywriters at Copy Chief, Copy Hackers, and Money Map Press. Now she's sharing her sales page first technique with course creators, coaches, and consultants so they can discover the secrets of creating and selling next level online programs that command higher prices and make bigger profits. Carrie currently lives in the beautiful Bavarian Alps with her very supportive husband, a smarty pants 11-year-old, and a mountain-loving mutt. Carrie, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your business and why you started it. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, just like in the intro, um, yeah, I used to work in politics. I had this whole other career. I spent 10 years in Washington, D.C. I thought it's all I ever wanted, you know. Um, and I was 22 years old, and I walked into the marbled halls of Congress and said, I never want to do anything less important than what I'm doing right now. So in my idealistic young person's mind, this was the most important thing I could do with my life. 
And, you know, 10 years later, here I was, I was just totally burnt out on Washington, ready to go. My husband, of my now husband, we were engaged at the time. He said, uh, he said, uh, hey, how'd you like to live in Puerto Rico? <laughs> like, yeah, sign me up. So we got married. We moved to the Caribbean. We bought a house. We had a baby. <laughs> and then we jetted off a few years later to Belgium. And, uh, and then we moved uh, back to the States after six years of, of living abroad. And um, I realized, okay, well, I'm going to have to do something different. We were in Florida. It's like, I couldn't work in politics anymore. And it just so happened that um, someone, a politician I, I knew um, very well needed a social media manager. And, um, and he, he knew that I needed something. So he said, hey, I need a social media manager. You need a job. How'd you like to do this? I said, sure. I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> Turns out I hate social media, but through that work, I figured out that I loved writing and I loved persuading people, like inspiring people and persuading people to take action. And I figured out there was this thing called copywriting and it just blew my mind. Just all yeah. the psychology of it and the skill and what you could do with it is just incredible, right? And over time, I learned that, okay, there's a big demand for it among business owners, you know, in commerce. And I started doing that. And as I started getting involved in it, I realized, you know what? Every time I write for a business owner to sell a product, I am incrementally changing the world for the better. Because mm. every time... Um, Every time a good business owner with a good product that's going to help someone makes a sale, I'm helping that customer, but I'm, I'm helping the business owner as well. And then all the people that they employ, you know, everything they do, helping them grow their business. So, you know, again, I'm not in the marbled halls of Congress anymore, but I feel like I'm doing, still doing something really meaningful and important. That's super cool. That's that is awesome. So I think copywriting to me has kind of always been one of the like most intimidating aspects of writing because there's so so much information about, you know, hey, this is a best practice and you should be doing this and think about this and you kind of I, – I find myself getting tripped up when I sit down to write, whether it's email or social media or anything like that. It's, I start to like um, – I don't know, over overthink it or overanalyze what I'm, what I'm saying. Uh, so I really do think it's like a gift that people have to kind of be able to like distill it and write it. Um, it is – it is not something, despite how much I like to write, not something that I feel like I've ever really, really mastered. So I'm excited for, for this conversation. Well, so yeah. it's painful. It's painful even for me. Every time I sit down to write, it is. Yeah. I don't remember who was Hemingway. I don't remember who said, "Yeah, writing is easy. Just open up a vein and pour it out on the paper." You know? yeah. Because every time you do yeah. it, so you get you get emotionally involved in it. So yeah. it's, especially when it's personal to you, when it's for your own business, it's really mm -hmm. challenging um, to, you know, to, to come up with a new idea and then to edit yourself. And you're very critical of 
what you've done. Absolutely. Um, it takes a certain kind of person to just lean into that pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that is fair. So, so we're going to talk through kind of a couple of different, different things with, I want to talk through email because I think that's something that I get the most questions on. Um, I have the most questions on, I think. But then also um, you have kind of transitioned from, you know, you started mostly in email and you've recently transitioned to helping your clients and customers craft messages I'm going to call them key messages. That's how that's how I would phrase it as as a marketer. Um, these key messages that if they are course creators um, or have a service based product, really helping them create these messages that are versatile and can be used through any any channel that they are using, not just email. So I think we've got a lot of really interesting ground to cover today. But let's start with the email. And when I when I think of email and I'm crafting my own, I always think to myself as I'm getting ready to like schedule it or send it out, like, is this even going to get anybody's attention, right? Like I've got a little subject line and I know what I sort of pay attention to in my inbox, but I know that I delete like 98% of the emails without ever looking at them. So from the beginning, how do I grab someone's attention so that I know they're going to open? Are there any like secrets to creating a really interesting subject line? Ooh, subject lines. That's a good one. So first of all, I would say the most important thing is to be consistent. So if people get used to hearing from you and they like reading your emails, they're going to open Even if your subject line isn't brilliant every time, if they know you and love you, they're going to open your email. So focus Mm -hmm. on building that relationship first. But there are things that you can do um, with subject lines. And one of um, my biggest tips, I guess you'd say, is to use intrigue. So I think that that's something that a lot of business owners don't necessarily think of first, and maybe they give away the whole answer in their subject Mm. line. So you know what's inside. So you might think, oh, I already know about that. So I'm not going to open it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So if you can tease the information a little bit, um, then you're, you know, if it doesn't just say flash sale, 40% off. um, You know, sometimes you can do that. But you know, mix it up. And sometimes like, for instance, and we were talking about my world in politics before. So sometimes I follow what's going on in that world. And way back when, when Barack Obama was running, um, he made huge news with an email, with the subject line, you know, his campaign with an email Mm -hmm. and the subject line just said, Hey, that was it. It got huge response, huge open rate, huge number of donations. And it was a really big deal at the time because people just weren't doing that, especially in politics. But just think about it. If you got an email from the president of the United States or the, you know, the next president of the United States that said, hey, um, you might open it thinking, wow, the, the president is emailing me personally. You know, it sounds right. like yeah. it's just your buddy. And people know, like, they know the president's not really 
you know, writing and sending them to <laughs> go get a coffee or whatever. But there's a certain amount of like the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Where And you just want to feel like this person you're a fan of, you've already signed up for this person's email. So when you do something like that, then, um, you know, just consider that they're getting to know you. And even though you don't have a personal relationship with them over time, they feel more and more like you're their friend or that's the goal, Mm. right? Is to build this relationship. You can use techniques like that. You don't do it all the time. Like you're not going to send that email every day that says, Hey, people aren't going to respond anymore. But those are a couple ways that you can kind of play with the subject line thing, mix it up and um, try to pique people's curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So one of the things, and this might, might be a good way to kind of like transition. um, It'll be a nice little segue between just kind of the email aspect of it, but the key messaging in general, like nobody wants crickets when they put something out into the world, right? And so if you can get over like the hump of, is my email even going to be opened or is somebody even going to look at whatever it is that I'm sitting down to write right now? Like, I think the next stumbling block for me is, even if I've managed to capture their attention and they open it, are they even going to read what I have to say? Like, is this compelling? Like, is my best practice, am I following all of the best practices? Am I writing too much? Am I writing too little? Am I supposed to have bullet points? How are they even going to get to the point where they take the action that I'm asking them to take? It might not even be buying something. I might just be asking, hey, go listen to this past podcast of mine or check out this new guide that I've created. And like the worst fear is that you put something out there and there's just crickets. So how do you craft message a message that's really compelling and gets people to kind of move down through it and ultimately take whatever action it is you've you're asking them to take or you're hoping they'll take? Yeah. Well, that's kind of two that's two different um two different questions, I, I think. Like you to get people started reading, um you know, you want to build this kind of anticipation and energy in a way. Um, So you're not necessarily going to start off your email saying, I'm going to tell you about my zippers, whatever you're selling. Let's say Mm -hmm, you're selling zippers mm -hmm. today and because I want you to buy them and we have this discount. Um, Instead, you might start off with a historical story about the guy or the lady who invented zippers and something really weird that happened to this person's life, something that someone would want to read regardless, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think there's sometimes business owners get caught up in just the facts, ma'am. You know, you just want to like lay it all out. And I think that works in a certain context, primarily in say blog posts or on your website that can work and it's great for say building SEO. But you yeah. don't have SEO in email. That's one of the things I love about email is I don't have to worry about that stuff. I can get really creative. I can have fun with it. I can do what I want. 
And um, excuse my grandfather clock. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> but, I can, but I love everything about it. <laughs> I live in There's Germany. There's a bell tolling. If I you, live in if Germany. You, you have to have a grandfather clock. Um, so, yeah, I mean, an email, you don't have to worry about the same stuff that you do online. Right. So you can just go for it. You can be kind of crazy out there. So you can use a story from your life, like what happened yesterday when you were standing in line at Starbucks that, you know, really got on your nerves or something, Mm. someone nice, somebody did for you. And you can take, this is something that I'm still learning how to do today, but I think it works for any business owner, anybody who wants to get more readers on their email Take an anecdote from your life, someone else's, something you saw on TV, historical story, and tie that into your product somehow. Tie it into your pitch. And people are going to love you for it because you're not just sending another 50% off coupon. Mm. Now, as far as getting people to act, that's kind of a different thing. I think it helps to have built that anticipation with an interesting story, but you have to also make that turn in your email and, you know, transition into your pitch and Mm -hmm. then tell people why it's relevant to them and why they should take action. I'm writing, I'm writing this down as you speak, because it's such like a simple, it's such a simple framework. You build intrigue with that that subject line, you tell a story that or an anecdote that somebody wants to read regardless, transition into your pitch, make the ask. Like that's that's it. I, that's so simple. That's <laughs> hey, I just got a new, like a really simple new formula, even for my own emails. Awesome. Um that's so that's so cool. And so one of the things that uh sorry, I can't I can't. I'm still writing, so that's what you guys just heard is me me trying to write and ask a question at the same time, and it doesn't it doesn't work for me. So, one of the things that I get caught up on, um, or that and that I I know how to combat, and so I've I've done it for myself, and I kind of tell my clients to do it as well from a branding perspective because I think this really builds consistency with branding. Is you know when you go to sit down. And you start to put that pen to paper or you start to type and you think, gosh, like there is so much that I could say, what should I be saying? And so I always preach like, hey, create a handful of key messages, kind of these these, um, ideas or these concepts that you can continue to come back to. You can iterate them in different ways and it just makes it really easy to pull something off the shelf You've done a lot of thinking about these key messages in particular, so you know that they're on brand for you. They tie into your products and your services, and then you can you can craft a story and you can craft words around that key message. Um, and so I think that's something that you've mentioned you've started doing with your clients is really creating these key messages that you can take and transition to any any place that you need them. So anywhere you need copy or words to talk about your product or service, 
you've got these messages. So can you kind of walk us through like how you go about identifying what those are and how you identify, like how you use, use them and how you coach your clients? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I was working on big launch projects for the longest time. Mm -hmm. So someone has already developed a course and now they're ready to sell it. So they hire a copywriter and they say, okay, here's the course, sell this for us. So then you write, you know, landing pages, a sales page, email, launch emails and all this. And it's a really big job where it might take a couple months to just sit down and write all this stuff. But as I go along, I realized, gosh, if, if they had only included this, it would be so much easier to sell. Or if he had just said it this way, then we could use that in the sales page and in the emails. Mm. And so within the course, within their course, within you were kind course. of finding like, hey, yeah. say it like this. Or, oh, or you okay. know, I'd come up and I'd say, hey, could you offer something like this as a bonus? Or, you know, so the but the but they had already done that work and they're like, oh man, we're ready to launch. We gotta go. You gotta sell this. But I realized over time and with my repeat clients who love my work, you know, I'd come back and I'd talk to them and say, Hey, next time you're going to build a product, why don't we get together a little bit earlier? Because I, I had this feeling that if I could just get in there and talk to them about it and maybe help them build their product, uh, that we would have a much easier time in the end selling it and, and you know, targeting those to the right kind of customer. And so that's what I've been doing a lot of uh, lately is coming in and not necessarily writing it myself, but coming in and directing, kind of coaching the course creator as they go, as they're building out the modules, as they're coming up with metaphors for teaching, for instance. Like yeah. we work together as, as a writer, it was part of my job. I come up with metaphors, similes. Um, uh, you know, you're talking about subject lines you come up with headlines and all these things, all these skills that I have as a writer are really useful for say coming up with a course name or a lesson name or something like that. And in the end, when it's on the sales page, it can all be really cohesive, but not just that, but as you're going along, if you bring in, um, if you, if you start with your sales message in mind, then the whole time you're creating, you're not creating from a place of, hey, I know all this stuff. Let me get it all out there uh, into a course or a book or a program. Um, You're thinking, okay, I need to sell this to someone. Who is the person I'm selling to? What do they need to know to make the transition from where they are now, where they're unhappy, to, you know, a transformation into a better life that I can help them achieve. And when you do that, the sales message just, it's just automatic. It just almost Mm. writes itself. So that's what I've been doing lately. And we do, we go through the whole thing almost simultaneously where we're writing, we're creating course content and writing the sales messages at the same time. I think that is, that's so, such a smart way to approach it because I think about, I, I spent all this time in the spring kind of building my course and I never thought to like kind of write 
the sales copy at the same time. But there were kind of these moments, like these epiphany moments as I was recording. And I'm, you know, from podcasting and stuff like that, I, I have a certain comfort level with kind of like improvising what I'm going to say. And I like to talk. So like, I'm fine going through with bullet points. And that's how I did my course. I bullet pointed out what I needed to hit, like the main points of of whatever lesson. But then I really just kind of ad-libbed the, the rest of it because it's stuff that I teach on a on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm really, really comfortable with it. And I never thought to – I had these like epiphany moments where as I was going through and saying things, I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a brilliant way of saying that. Good job, you. I never thought to like put that off to the side and use that as copy because it really just makes that really – that cohesive message. And thinking about it from the customer experience – um, and I think this is this is probably where you're coming from. Like, you know, you sell somebody the course through all of these, the landing pages and the ads and all of those things. And then when they go through it, to hear those same messages reiterated and emphasized and expanded on in the course really gives them this like incredible feeling of cohesion where they're just like, oh my gosh, what I was sold is exactly what I'm getting. And then I'm, and then I think it probably, and and I would I would love to hear kind of if this has been the case for your clients, like when when their when their students go through that course and they've had that experience, they're probably way more likely to purchase again because they really just feel like it it was a solid experience. It was really cohesive. They got exactly what they paid for, and they feel really really good about it. For sure. And I mean, that's, that's part of the whole point too, is that, you know, something like um, 93% or something crazy like that, maybe higher of people who buy online courses never finish the course. <laughs> and so that's another thing, like if you built up this anticipation through all your sales copy, all your promotions, and then people buy, and then you keep that same um, intrigue, anticipation throughout your course, say, like if you start out your course module um, using some of these same um, uh, intrigue techniques, like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. with six subject lines, you know, where you're, you're kind of teasing out what you're about to teach them. And then you close that loop at the end. It's just very satisfying. Mm. And so everybody has a better uh, experience. And then if you do it over and over again, it's going to keep them going module by module, lesson by lesson. And at the end, they'll still, they'll have more of that excitement and be ready to buy from you again. Yeah. That I, it's such a smart, like I said, it's such a smart approach to the process because if you, if you're a listener who is thinking about or is in the process of creating a course, like it sounds really easy when you think of it, right? Or when people suggest like, oh, you should build a course and you're like, yeah, I should. I've got Yes, I do. Yeah, I know stuff. I know stuff and I'm so good at it. And here and this is this is the trap I fell into, right? Like I I had this um 
I, I had this idea to build the course and I had a coaching session with a really phenomenal course creator coach. She like laid it all out, gave me, I was like, great. I have this blueprint. Um, I was so pumped. And in my head, I was like, okay, I give this presentation all the time. So there were some things I was like, okay, well, I have to expand on like this part, this part, this part. Um, but in general, like I give this talk all the time. I give it in presentation form. This is going to be so easy. It's going to take me like hardly any time, hardly any time to let, you know, it was like a week. Look at this. <laughs> no, no. And then you get into actually putting it together and you're like, oh, there is a whole science and psychology just to how you build the course and what things do you include to a company? You know, all these little like lesson handouts. And I th if anybody is a teacher and they're listening to this, they're probably laughing like, oh yeah, you just thought it would be this like super easy thing. <laughs> so it, it sounds easy when you think of it. But then you get to the point when it's done that you're like, now I have to sell this too. And to be able to like, like you said, close that loop and make people, people feel really satisfied, that's like next level. But that's probably next level because it's what gets like repeat customers and students and people to actually do your course. Be yeah. And it means you can charge more because mm -hmm. the value is there. People are going to feel it. They're going to feel like they got um, enough value for, you know, a thousand, two thousand more because you put in the work up front and you cared enough to uh, make it a really meaningful, you know, transformational experience for people. Yeah. Oh man. That's super, that is super cool. And in the long run, kind of creating that sales copy alongside your course probably saves you saves you time because you're doing it kind of at the same time that your ideas are fresh and like the way you're talking about it is fresh so then it flows really naturally into all of those sales materials versus you know working for months on this course and then getting to the point where you're like oh, okay now I have to also create the sales materials for it. Yeah, then you have to go back and watch all your <laughs> all your lessons right. again. Like, right. What did I say in lesson two? I don't remember. Yeah. So that that framework of like creating intrigue and then do you use the same kind of storytelling approach kind of in the beginning of the lessons? And, and move into then like transitioning into like the content material or is it really just create that intrigue, walk people through and close that loop at the end of, you know, however, however you do that with a seamless little tie back? Yeah, I mean, it's different from, say, a storytelling email, but it might be something like, hey, we're going to, um, I'm going to show you how to do X. And by the end of this lesson, you will um, why, and once you put this into action, then Z, you know, so you're, you're, you're future pacing for them. Mm. So in the beginning, you're, you're, you're getting people, your students are already in their brains, the way our brains work. We don't actually have to do it to feel like we've done it. So sure. you can make them you can give them that little boost of 
what is it, serotonin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. endorphins, yep. one of those. You can give them this little, the, this little chemical boost in their brains that makes them feel like they've already accomplished something. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of a, a self-perpetuating cycle. Yeah. Whatever you want to say. It's a good feedback loop, I guess, where, you know, they feel good that they're going to do this thing and then they do the thing. And at the end, you can reinforce it and say, now you've done the thing. That's great. Next, we're going to do this other thing. Mm. Stay tuned or, you know, click ahead to do the next thing. And so you just keep that, like I said, those, those uh, chemicals in their brain going. And um, by the end, you've kind of gamified it. It's kind of like a video yeah, game, yeah. you know? It's the same kind of principles where, or like scrolling through Facebook, where you get the little reward for, for um <laughs> posting something nice, but it's the same idea. And I mean, it's, it might sound manipulative or something, but the whole point is to get people to finish what they started. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's for everybody's good that we, um, that we accomplish this thing that we set out to do. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. It's very difficult to get people to finish courses I have learned it is difficult to get people even so the the way I started mine I created my course and I sent it out to like probably six friends of mine that like these are good friends people I have like relationships with I talk to on a regular basis um who work in marketing they were my target audience and not a single one of them friends who are listening has finished it (laughs) so that might you know, it's, I'm, I'm taking notes about how to kind of go back and think about like, how can I rework some of this to, you know, is it, is some of it is obviously like on the person who, who purchases the course, right? Like you have to be motivated enough. And sometimes, um, I think it speaks to like the power of your sales materials. If you can get people like hooked and excited, but then getting them to like actually get over that hump. And so I'm even going back and thinking about, like my own pitch to to my friends, people who know me and obviously want to like see me succeed. Um, you know, how can I how can I maybe build that intrigue a little bit better? How can I close that loop a little bit more for them um, so that they really feel like there's a value there to be gained? Um, so I yeah, think that's- absolutely. As hard as it is to get people's attention to open an email and read for a minute and a half or whatever it is, however long it takes you to read an email, uh, it's it's that much harder to do, you know, four, six, 12 hour course. Because mm-hmm. people are busy. Yeah. They've got lots of demands on their att- attention. Yeah, that is, that is great, um, great advice on kind of how to do that. So thinking about as we kind of come to come to the close of this put a nice neat little bow on everything we've talked about because we covered a lot of ground so all the way from those email messages to to the courses and how you kind of bridge the gap in between what's one takeaway that listeners who um, are thinking gosh like this sounds great but I'm just struggling like I'm not even, I'm not getting anywhere. I don't have traction, whether it's with my email or my course, whatever it is. What's one piece of advice you'd give them to say, hey, start here and and then go forward? Well, one thing I would say, if you can outsource your copywriting, do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that because, um, you know, I'm 
I'm trying to sell my services because I'm pretty booked up. So, <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if you can um, hire a copywriter and at every, there's a copywriter at every budget for every um, budget level, really. But if you can find someone who knows how to do this and does this um, as their job, then do it because I mean, you do as a business owner, you do the thing you do so well, but this is a whole other skill set. And so if you're sitting there and like I said, it's so emotionally draining, especially when it's your own baby that you're writing about. Um, you know, you have other things to do. So I would I would suggest that. But the other thing is like I would focus on just like five core elements of your copy. And if you nail these things, then, you know, you're not going to have to spend a whole lot of other time um, working on it. So, um, yeah, if you, so just really quickly, and I know we're at the end, but if you, if you know what you're promising, like the outcome that you want that people should have from using your product, if you know your unique selling proposition, what makes you different from the competition, your unique mechanism, which means how your product works, what makes it different, uh, what makes that different from the competition, um, your origin story, where you come from and um, what led you to build your business and, and why, and then your offer, your product, your price, your bonuses, discounts, a guarantee, those five things, like if you can sit down and just focus on those things, you you have it covered. You don't have to do much of anything else. Anything that you do, you just bring it back to that. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's really great actionable advice. So thank you so much. Carrie, as if someone wants to connect and learn more from you, where do they find you? You can find me at groundworkcopy.com. I have a little free download there called the Fascination Matrix, and it's a fun way to get started with some of the, the intrigue um, that we talked about. Um, I show you how to write fascination bullets, and those are really good for info marketers, but also for, um, you know, it can work for e-commerce as well. So check that out. And then you can find me on um, Facebook at Carrie Carr Groundwork Copy. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise today. I genuinely appreciate it. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Start Marketing to help other listeners like you find this podcast. Until next time.